A century ago this month, under cover of the slaughter of World War I, a war so destructive that it was just being called the Great War, for lack of a better term, another slaughter began. The systematic killing of more than a million Armenians by ruthless Turks who could see the Ottoman Empire collapsing and wanted to create a secular, ethnically cleansed nation after the war. Armenian Christians who had lived in their land since the earliest days of Christianity would be killed or purged. For lack of a better word to describe this brutality, Raphael Lemkin, scholar and humanitarian, eventually coined the word genocide. The Turkish government has still not officially acknowledged its role in the killings, but this week Germany, which had plenty to answer for in the 20th century during the Holocaust, reversed itself and began using the word genocide to describe what happened to the Armenians at the hands of the Turks a century ago. Peter Balakian, professor of humanities at Colgate University, is the author of numerous books about the Armenian genocide, including The Burning Tigris, The Armenian Genocide, and America's Response. As you try to assess the origins of Turkish denialism on the Armenian case, you go back to the founding of the modern Turkish Republic. One of the national foundation myths was whatever happened to the Armenians was their fault, and there will be no more discussion of it. I mean, I'm paraphrasing it, but that was the state's formal position on the massacres and eradication of the Armenians. Turkey has dug itself into the big lie syndrome so that if you socialize your public over the course of decades to believe that the Armenians were a bad people and whatever happened to them was their own fault, then there becomes a, a black hole of knowledge. So there's no there, – until very recently, there's been no public understanding of, of one of the largest human rights crimes of the 20th century. Is it about timing? Would the circumstances that you describe have been any different had there been the discovery of a – Turkish Armenian Auschwitz, if there had been a United Nations, if there had been a media establishment capable of recording the atrocities in Rwanda, mm -hmm. would it have been any different? Well, I, I understand your question, and, but I, I, I think as one immerses oneself in the study of this period, one is surprised to find that the massacres of the Armenians was the largest international human rights event of the second decade of the 20th century, that it was covered widely in the media. The New York Times alone ran 145 articles about the Armenian massacres just in 1915. Many of them were headlined front page. There were court-martials put on in Constantinople. It soon became Istanbul, but in Constantinople slash Istanbul, the entire Ottoman ruling uh, elite were sentenced to death by the tribunal, and they all escaped before a trial or a death sentence was enacted. They were all assassinated later uh, by Armenian vigilante groups. Um, there was a lot of confession from high-ranking and mid-ranking Ottoman bureaucratic officials uh, admitting quite candidly that they were ordered to liquidate and eradicate the entire Armenian population of Turkey. And so there was a moment in which there was high awareness and even efforts at international justice, but that moment failed. And when Ataturk reemerged in 1922 with a modern nation, then this kind of blanket of silence began its new phase. And 
woven into that blanket of silence are these words, which are very familiar to you, an application that came into the American Hospital of Chicago in November of 1924. I am an Armenian by nationality, 46 years of age, married, father of three children, but my family is now remaining in Cologne near Geneva, where they have to wait until I could bring them to this country. Four months ago, I landed in New York. I am devoting most of my time to learn English, which language I can understand fairly well and speak a little. Besides, I can talk Armenian, Turkish, German, and French. Yeah, my grandfather's application to uh, come to the U.S., and uh, powerful to hear it. This letter seems unique to me. Hmm. We live in a time where there are so many letters that would have been written. I had this happen to me. I've struggled to get here. Boy, I've endured some real adversity. It is devoid of those details. It almost is condemned to the silence that you speak of, as is the character of the history of the Armenian genocide. This dark narrative doesn't fit, does it, to the world he's coming to or any world outside of the one he's left. And, I mean, there's a sense of repression and silence. There's no special pleading about duress or hardship. What should we do now? What should America do now? What should the world community do now? President Obama went into Turkish parliament in 2009, and in his address to the Turkish parliamentarians, he said, an unresolved history is too big a burden for any nation to carry. Take it from us. Mm. You must deal with the events of 1915 honestly. Well, nobody had ever said that to the Turkish uh, parliament. Afterward, President Gul was outraged with President Obama and confronted him about, why are you... Why are you saying these things to us? Why do you care so much about the Armenians and so forth? And the president responded to Gould by saying, you know what my opinion is about the events of 1915, and I have not changed my mind. That's impressive. What President Obama needs to do is just carry that moral authority and energy one step forward. He needs to first place get the G-word issue off his back and just use the word genocide in his April 24th address this year. We need President Obama to just to follow through with his own deeply decent ethical instincts. Peter Belagian is a professor of humanities at Colgate University, the author of numerous books, including The Burning Tigress, The Armenian Genocide, and America's Response. Peter, thanks so much. Great to be here. Thanks.